Welcome to An Abundant Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers. And today the sun is peeking through the clouds here in the Pacific Northwest. And it is not raining right now. And it is beautiful. The light is filtering through the steam from the ground and the trees and the branches. and the It's amazing. Absolutely incredibly beautiful today. And... This is a podcast where we talk about our world, our regenerative world. This is a world we live in where things are constantly creating more life. It's entropic. It regenerates constantly and creates more life. Human culture is out of balance with that currently. Our economy is based around the concept of liquidating natural capital into fiscal capital, into dollars. And that economy doesn't give back to nature. It doesn't promote nature. It doesn't return. Instead, it borrows and creates it. We have a huge debt toward nature. And we're just borrowing from here to pay there. And we're not really giving any attention to the reality. And we, we, we must because the, the bill is due. <laughs> you know, the maitre d' is getting angry and louder. So, you know, we're, 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 we're experiencing a higher frequency of natural disasters, a higher frequency of abnormalities in our weather patterns, in our climate. We're seeing huge changes in the patterns of our oceans, the pH, the fertility of animals and people. And we're at a cusp moment. And if we're going to make this real, if permaculture is going to be part of real permanent culture, we need it to be part of our economy. Today's guest is Gregory Landois of the Regenerative uh, of Terragenesis. And he's also worked with Regenerative Enterprises as well. That's why I said that. And he, he and I met at PV. Two, I, we might have met at PV1 actually, or may, at least I saw him at PV1 perhaps. But anyway, I knew him definitely before PV2, and I saw him at PV2, I heard him speak, and yeah, I definitely met him at PV1. Um, and we've met several times, and it was our first time really to kind of dig in and have a chat, mano y mano. So this is a really, really special talk. Um, it was real, a lot of fun, it was really interesting, I learned a lot. And I hope that you learn a lot. And you can go online and check out Gregory's uh, past. You can go on and see old videos of him talking about chocolate. Such passion. I want some of the chocolate he talks about. <laughs> and then you can read white papers that he's wor been working on. Uh, I've got links down here in, in right, right here in the description that you can click on. And you can check out and read these papers. And you can print them out and keep them. Uh, you can check them out. You can some of them. You can even you know donate money for, and it's really something uh, special because no one's really doing this. And I'll, I'll mention that in there. No one's really do. And I'm I'm I, I seem to have brought some academicness to permaculture for many people, and they're bringing some professionalness for many people in permaculture. And oh man, no one really knows what's been going on you know, behind the scenes in the food industry. But I've been hearing about it from a lot of different people for the past year. And it's very exciting. They're, the people in our food industry, people running companies, um, the information is, is definitely out there. And that's why we know it. That's why you're listening. And they're, they're, they're not fools. And they're, they're in, they're, they have just the opportunity we have had to get informed, even though they're busy people running companies and, you know, doing these things, they're doing the same things we are. And so there's a, there's a huge awareness that's going on right now. And people are just trying to figure out how it is compatible to what's going on. Like, where's the bridge from here to there? Like, that's really what's going on. And people like Gregory Landois are in the trenches making that happen. They are bridge builders. And they're taking bold chances. They're putting themselves out there <laughs> uh, for, for better or for worse, you know what I mean, risking things and, you know, attempting to define what regenerative means. 
and what the regenerative economy means, what, you know, creating white papers uh, that everyone can go out and scrutinize and discuss and, you know, pick apart. <laughs> and they do. And that's really actually a good thing. So we're going to get into it now. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a podcast where we're all about solutions. We're all about finding connections if, so that you can change your life, that you can change your community, and you can become part of the solution. So let's go talk to Gregory. Where did this adventure start? Um, well, you know, the ch chocolate and cacao, cacao has um, always been a, I mean, cacao is a sacred, amazing plant, and um, I was sort of in the permaculture movement and eco-village movements, and cacao and chocolate emerged as a vehicle for doing some experimentation with um, regenerative enterprise and building a business that connected people to landscapes that are... Um, regenerative, that are sequestering carbon, that are increasing biodiversity, that are meeting human needs while increasing ecosystem health. So cacao, in that sense, and chocolate was a vehicle. And the original chocolate business way back in the day was uh, called Booyah Cacao. <laughs> mm -hmm. Booyah Cacao. And uh, we... We were pretty radical. I mean, we were making chocolate on the farm in Tennessee in jars and only selling it as a CSA share. So really wanting to push the envelope for associative economics and local economics and, wow. and relationship between people who are enjoying chocolate and sort of the only no middle, no, no middlemen who are only extracting value for, for sort of facilitating exchange, really just farmers, us processing the cacao and um, people buying members in the cacao, like in chocolate shares, basically. And um, needless to say, that wasn't the most financially lucrative um, business pathway um, because, you know, and, and it's kind of a funny story, but at, at one point Whole Foods approached me <laughs> back. I know, Obi, it's true. Whole Foods approached. Obi wants to talk on the podcast too. He's welcome to. He's feeling left out. He says, I want to talk. Um, so Whole Foods approached us and I was kind of like, no way, Whole Foods. Get out of here. You can't give me a small business loan. I'm not going to even sell in your stupid grocery store. Um, and, you know, and then later um, I learned a lot. And if I knew then what I know now, I, I might have taken that deal. Um, not, and, you know, there's a lot of, some of your listeners might find that odd because actually I still have the same sort of core principles and beliefs around the need to grow a much more relational economy in order to achieve regeneration of ourselves and a world. However, I think in order to shift the larger structures of the economy, you know, we, so we sort of can't shy away from um, bigger projects. And, and as you were noting kind of at the beginning of the show, I, I think, um, I don't actually know that my vision or, or commitment has been getting bigger, but I think just growing my capacity and, and the connection with other people who have big hearts and good minds and want to make regenerative change has just sort of led to the, the scope and scale of project work, um, growing each time, you know, each project is, is bigger and, and more complex and, you know, hopefully has the ability to, to bring more goodness into the world. Um, yeah. I really love the way that you're doing it as well. I don't see anyone else in the permaculture space really embracing white papers. And I feel as an educator, um, I'm working on the foundational stuff. I'm working on the foundations of culture. Then we're inoculating our children with, you know, what we want them to grow up to be. And then they grow up, reinforce and refine and progress our culture through the economy. And I think that that's, this has been like a huge stumbling block for people in permaculture because they get caught up on the word economy 
and don't understand that there's a soil economy, carbon, you know, economy, all happening already and is cycling around us. And this regenerative economy is the next step. And very few people are talking about it. So, and, not, and very few people, I don't know of anyone else who is collaborating with groups of people um, to create things like white papers that are focused on the regenerative economy. Yeah, well, it's been it's been a real um, it's been a real joy to be diving into developing white papers. Um, you know, recently we developed the the levels of regenerative agriculture, and and that was really specifically in order to help influence a very a very quickly you know, to, to help influence a very quickly evolving conversation in the natural products industry around regenerative agriculture and certifications and sort of um, supply chains. And, you know, it may surprise some of your listeners, but, you know, in the natural product space, I mean, people should expect to see a regenerative agriculture certification in 2018. And um, for better or worse, you know, I've I want to have actually, you know, I think our voices, um, my my voice and the voice, the voices, the collective voices of of the organization of which I'm a part, Terra Genesis International, we've really been vocal in expressing our concerns about certification as um, a tool because certifications tend to, you know, be sort of geared towards compliance instead of personal agency, and I think that's. Um, sort of opposite of, of regeneration in a lot of ways. But nonetheless, there are a lot of good things to be said about an industry moving towards a robust regenerative agriculture certification. And I think, you know, publishing a white paper and really wading in and, and taking part in the, you know, in the crea creative process with brands and with certification agencies and with research institutes and sort of just trying our best to be present for those conversations is is the only way it's been possible you know you can't you can't make change by being a critic you have to make change by taking your best shot at defining the world that you'd like to see and um and and i think it's really important to have a an iterative process around all of it you know i mean everything we write is a draft and everything that um everything i think we do if we're living with 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 vibrant natural systems with with the living systems of the earth um it's a constant upgrading process iter iteration and evolution and so i think a our culture has sort of and i think it stems to the the educational system and i think your your kids matt probably won't have the same issue because of the way that you're approaching things as an educator but a lot of people just sort of have their ability to to you know, lead a creative endeavor sort of sapped out of them or beaten out of them. Um, and people are just scared. And all we can do as a society is be critical. So then you have a whole bunch of people who are willing to be critical of everybody else's ideas, but aren't willing to jump in and take the lead. And um, yeah, I think I really want to live in a world and, I, and, and be part of a movement in which people are are courageously expressing you know, the world that they want to see in their works, in their lives, in in sharing their opinions. And we're supportive of that. Even if you disagree with someone, you can be like, wow, it's so cool that you put that paper together or you, you put this project together and there's some things I disagree with. And do you mind if I share how I see things differently? Then you actually have, you know, a constructive dynamic movement that can be built instead of just sort of people, you know, infighting with each other. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction when that came out was, wait, you can't define it. And I think that's how people reacted when I, I, I changed a lot and I reworded, you know, a lot of the way we talk about permaculture because I brought it down to a kid level. Um, and so, yeah, people do get upset initially uh, or they want to have their part in it. And that's where we, I feel like, we learn because it's about starting a conversation. Uh, I, I in, in college, I used to read out of date 
uh, dictionaries. <laughs> this is embarrassing. But uh, I would love it uh, because I would find words that don't exist anymore. And they just would, I just was always curious. And I always found f funny words seriously funny. And I would use them in my papers. And the teachers would mark them wrong. And I'd be like, oh, you don't know that word? <laughs> yes, I was difficult. I read old dictionaries and words change meaning. And so this whole idea that like we have this fixed reality is absolutely absurd. We have a malleable reality that's controlled by words that we share in agreement as to what their meaning is <laughs> with both ourselves yeah, and others. And so recent yeah, to co-create that meaning. Right. You know, it's really important. It's really and we really felt like the 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 our our fear really if, if and everybody it's interesting to watch this play out in the natural product space right now it's just so dynamic because and i think this is this happens a lot and you were sort of speaking to it as well you know we're all scared that the meaning that we have the the meaning we hold for a word for a movement whether it's permaculture or regenerative agriculture or regeneration um won't be considered right or that it'll be stolen from us. And, and, you know, I think it's coming from fundamentally, you know, there's, there's an important part of that fear, which is the awareness that if you don't join the conversation, then the meaning will evolve beyond where you currently hold it. And you won't be part of that <laughs> if you just don't participate. But if you do participate, the, the beautiful thing is what you're speaking to Matt, which is that, you know, our reality is dynamic and it's related to the meaning that we're co-creating around words and movements. And so we just all need to participate in that and participate in it in a up, uplifted, civil, dynamic, creative way. And, and we will actually get to define and redefine and redefine again, um, you know, these words and concepts and ideologies and, and frameworks and models that we're all so passionate about. You know, because they have to be alive; otherwise, they won't be useful. I agree with that. Just like all that with the systems we want to build. Yeah, yeah, it all needs to be alive. And you know, I think we really—I mean, my passion and my mission is really to bring a living systems perspective. I think permaculture is a powerful dynamic, a powerful design framework for, for inviting people to use principles and ethics to harmonize their activities with living systems and, and really reintegrate themselves with living systems, which, you know, we've never really been separated from, but to reintegrate our, our ability to design and think within those patterns. And, um, and that's such a powerful, outlook. It's such a powerful frame. It's such a potent worldview that um, it, it needs to be integrated into other disciplines. It needs to be available for people who are trying to bring products into the marketplace. It needs to be available for scientists to design better um, experiments. And um, I think there's this kind of, um, you know, this is going to be a controversial thing to say, but I think the, my biggest critique of the permaculture movement, and I may, may get a bunch of flack from a bunch of angry permies for saying this, but I, I think that, you know, we as a movement, many of us, uh, myself included sometimes, we, we actually have our identities attached to being the, the small group of people who's like, who's right about everything, but that the whole world is wrong. And like, we, we get attached to being sort of like the elite little group on our homesteads that are right about, you know, Babylon falling and the economy being messed up and, you know, people being unhealthy because of their foods. And, and instead of, you know, concentrating on how to actually shift the system and how to creatively find those little intervention points that can totally transform, you know, the way that society is working, we're we're content instead to just be completely sure that we're right about how wrong everyone else is. <laughs> yeah. So when I was a school teacher, um, I was keenly aware of my role and I came to the realization through study and, and experimentation that every single person already kind of knows 
um, what what what's right, what what they've got to do, um, and but they may not have it at the front of their mind. And so it's really mm-hmm. about connecting people to what they already know and feel, and getting them to. I mean, we talk about it, it was like we reach people's hearts, you know. No, 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 no. Actually, you're reconnecting their brain to their heart. You're reconnecting them to themselves, who they truly want to be and how they want to feel. And um, this whole like competitive, the, the critiques, the incessant criticism online is really a projection of what's going on internally. Our society is plagued with negative self-talk. And I didn't understand that because I was a victim too um, until pretty recently. Yeah. Amen. I mean, it's totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And so I just really think that the way that we're going to get this regenerative economy and conversation going is exactly what you're doing, which is let's talk positive self-talk, which is declaring a positive vision for what you want to see in the world. And guess what? That's the only way that people make it real. And I think that this is the solution, not just for, you know, our economy and our environment, but it's the solution for our hearts and our society. I mean, people were like, why is this happening in our society? Guns have been in our society for, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years. Why weapons, you know, for forever? Why are we seeing this, this, you know, these problems currently? And it's because we have this perpetual, pervasive negative self-talk. And I think that that part of this regeneration is inviting everyone to to speak their voice. And I think we have to go through those breakers, uh, letting them get all the crap out first, you know, and then and then they're like, okay, UK, I'm still here. We're still talking about this. And they, then they'll be able to move forward. But I think a lot of people need to get it out of their system. Um, you know, and that's why they're doing it right now. And they're almost, I mean, more and more people every day, I feel like are arriving in a new space. And we're seeing people that want to have verifiably, scientifically proven healthy food. They want clothes from people that they can actually go and check on and make sure that they're not being uh, abused, you know, financially or otherwise. We've got this this new heightened consciousness that is eking up here and there, and I and I and I think that the regenerative economy is one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that you know, there's never a single cause or a single solution, but but you know, our ability to manage our interiors and to self-reflect and to, you know, one of the things that I've really been reflecting on recently is, you know, what's the biggest dynamic living system that I can hold in my mind? Hmm. Maybe the biosphere, maybe it's not even the biosphere, maybe it's just my bioregion, maybe it's my watershed, but, you know, holding that living system, that, that system in my mind and asking, what do I need to become to serve what that system is becoming? Mm. You know, because the system's always moving and so am I, but what do I need to change? What do I need to grow in order to serve the growth of that bigger system that I'm a part of? And, and it's really powerful how that lines up and my ego gets out of the way or, or becomes a part of, it's a part of the whole. It's a, it can serve, but I don't have to, you know, I don't have to yeah. try to, you know, trick my ego because we're, my ego and I are both asking the same question. So, so anyway, that's a little sort of, um, that's a question at Terragenesis that we ask a lot. We ask of our clients, we ask of ourselves, you know, and it's constantly moving. It's not like you get that answer. Because the system, the, the bigness of the system that you can you can sort of hold in your mind's eye and, and in your heart, um, it evolves over time. And so we grow our capacity to be able to kind of have a living connection with with larger and larger and more complex systems if we allow ourselves to. And that's really um, it's really beyond the ability that the exercise that I'm sharing, it's beyond the ability to um language. You can't actually distill or, you know, a lot of people, I think, 
um, a lot of people will go there and then they try to mind map it or something. They try to sort of extract as much as they can out of the of value that they could bring back to their friends about the connection with that dynamic living system that just took took place. And and actually, I would suggest that you know, as a daily practice, just going and connecting with that system and, and watching what has evolved in your relationship with it, and then continuing to check in about what, what we have to grow, what I have to grow as a human in order to be of service, really, to that system. Um, it's it's not something, maybe, maybe it's something I'll journal about or something like that, but it isn't something to sort of drive uh, you know, like a full rational ex explanation of everything that's happening in the world. It's it's something instead to help line up my my will with, um, you know, my gifts and um, my community and the ability to cooperate with other people on something that's way bigger than any of us, right? So so that's one piece that I find really useful in, in just sort of the larger collaborative regenerative venture that we're all on. And the other is I think it's really important that people recognize and that we all get in the habit um, linguistically to, to not sort of taking credit for ideas. You know, ideas emerge. There's there's a thought sphere, a no-sphere around the biosphere, and all we can do is grow our capacity to be tuned into that, really, to be to, to be tuned into the the most adept and adroit expressions of human creativity and thought, and these thought forms and these memes. But we can't. We're we're more like antennas than we are generators, and mm -hmm. you know I think. It's probably both ways a little bit, but really, you know, if we shift our language to to sort of understand in our assumptions that like the thoughts in my books are not my own, they're 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 me trying to articulate the thoughts that that are flowing through me and that I'm hearing from my friends and my colleagues as well. That you know, it it just helps a lot. It also, you know, that is also the danger there is to not like attribute things. I also really like to celebrate when someone else has an amazing idea that I utilize. I like to attribute to the, them, you know, and like, just get in the habit of that. Like um, earlier in the podcast, I, I shared, you know, sort of a, a definition of permaculture, which is um, permaculture is is a design science that that aims to increase ecosystem health while meeting human needs. And I don't know for sure who said that first, but I know it wasn't me. And I heard it from, from Ethan Rowland, and I think Ethan Rowland heard it from Rafter. Um, and, and Rafter, I may have heard it from someone else, but I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the reality is the word invention that we always keep, you know, using as this like uh, holy trident or something um, is really the word remix and we just changed it because at a certain time period it became vogue to say that um, your ideas you know just came right out of the sky and you wrote thing you didn't edit it at all and it's all perfect it comes out of me it's I'm amazing and you know what I mean like that's what happened ego like ate all the poets minds <laughs> in a time period and so um we only have copy remix and mashup as my one of my favorite movies one of my um pen pals uh is uh lawrence lessig he he always comes to my rescue with uh some awesome insight when when i need it and he uh, I, I don't know if you you know about this guy but he's girl talks lawyer guy who just mm. you know stole everyone's music and made his own music um yeah there's no original ideas there's no original music there nothing's original we're all products of the connections around us yeah well i mean i guess i would agree and disagree i mean i think i i hold open the possibility that there is the potential that we we regenerate something that's never been seen before and um and or and or something you know sort of appears in our midst that is a sort of one of those miracles but i think it's rare well <laughs> and I've, i think mostly, but mostly even, that's the exception to the rule that you just described <laughs> yeah i don't know if if those things that are miracles are 
just an outgrowth of, of, of peaks and valleys of systems and variation. Yeah, it, it, it may be. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's sort of possible to hold both. It's, it's like, you know, light is a particle and a wave. So right, I think right. there's, there's the possibility of, of all of that existing. And, and so holding both sort of the ethic of, you know, always attributing and honoring like, Oh, this is where I heard this from. And this oh, yeah. is my version of it. Um, and then also at the same time, understanding that like holding the openness that none of it's mine and it wasn't theirs either. And we're all sort of just tuning into it. If, if we can do both of those and, and, and reconcile those two seemingly opposed views into our creative stance, I think real positive um, things can come. You know, we can all be as individuals and as a community be really um, doing some amazing work. And, and, you know, I think that's really embodied Matt by, by your work and the way that you're pulling together a community of teachers and also taking leadership to sort of structure things and invite people into a pedagogy that's enlivening and and living instead of just sort of rehashing the same things it's like it comes into a new expression that's more pertinent to to people to people in their lives right now so yeah it's very exciting thanks i definitely see it as a living work um, and I think that in every every year or every couple of years, we need to, you know, reframe and be like, all right, yeah, well, there's this new thing that's going on with the, like, just like, I mean, with one of the things that I've added in to the fold, which already was existing, right? You know, I'm all I'm doing is remixing, um, is the the regenerative ocean farming, and they don't even want to call it farming, but it, they have a hard time, you know, communicating with people, but the fact that they can yeah. they can they can retake like the wildness that was once there and bring it back is, is so powerful. And that's just was completely missing from permaculture. And so I know that in like two to three years down the road, there's going to be 10 X, you know, the amount of things that we don't hear about, you know, again and again. So I hope that what, 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 I, what I'm doing, what you're doing is, is starting that conversation, cracking that door so that we can all get through because it's like it only takes cracking and having people see that there's light on the other side and then people will push through. Yep. Yeah. And, and even daylighting places that people have already stampeded past and are, you know, wildly innovating and, and other folks just aren't even aware of it. So true. I I went to this uh, amazing woman's house in northern Utah, Dr. Jean Wallace, and she's well known in functional medicine but not known in permaculture. And she's got a, almost a 20 year old food forest. She's been curing people of cancer with her food forest for, you know, over 12 years. So, you know, there's these gems that are stalwart who have been doing this work to set the stage for us already. So yeah, I completely agree with that. So I wanna double back to something you said earlier because you echoed something that Lauren Tucker from uh, Kiss the Ground said in my interview the other week about uh, a regenerative certification. She, we were talking about, I was saying a no-till certification. She was like, well, I think you'll be surprised at how soon that's coming. And and I don't yeah. know if you know those, uh, th those, those folks over there, um, and maybe they were talking about you. <laughs> But it's yeah. it, it sounds like it's going to be a reality. It's going to be a reality. Yeah, yeah. No, I do know Lauren, and and the folks at Kiss the Ground, Lauren, are doing great work. And um, yeah, we've been in a lot of conversations with brands, and you know, and there's um, right now there's there's actually you can go. Um, you could search, you could Google regenerative organic certification and there's a, there's a new certification that was led by, um, Patagonia and Dr. Bronner's and Rodale Institute, um, called the regenerative organic certification that has a public comment period going on right now. And it would be great if your listeners are fired up about, um, you know, regenerative agriculture and the potential it plays in a new economy and, and have ideas about that, you should go. Um, there's some big holes in it. Um, 
you know, it doesn't emphasize perennial agriculture enough. It's it's very focused on sort of no-till organic agriculture, a la Rodale Institute, um, which is, you know, far short of what I think most of us in the permaculture movement hold as an ideal for what the word regenerative means when we think about agriculture and agroecosystems. Um, so it would be great for people to go and express and share, and not in a way like I really applaud Patagonia and Dr. Bronner's and Rodale for getting out there and taking a crack at it. And now I think we all need to get together and, and lift up that certification so that it works really well in as many different contexts as we can. It's not the only tool. Um, but it is a it's a decent one to start with. And, you know, I think I tend to, you know, I really believe that we can um, create a a open architecture um, monitoring and metrics commons that is a vibrant living connection between humans and our ecosystems. And we can shift away from sort of, academic and certification agency control over, you know, trusting one another through a variety of different uh, methodologies and technologies, including blockchain technology. And I think that the future is going to be peer-to-peer um, -peer certification and complete transparency and bioregional trade and a lot of beautiful things. And, yeah. and I think there's, there's a long way to go between here and there, but but that's where the world is going to head if we all work together towards it. So, you know, and I think bringing regenerative agriculture and sort of the consciousness of regeneration to the mainstream is one of the first steps towards seeding that that thought form of how we could be um, living and and um, have a com a system of commerce that acts in such a way that that we as humans are actively increasing the health of the whole biosphere through our actions. And that, you know, that's the imperative. That's what we got to figure out. And, you know, there's a long way, there's a lot of daylight between here and there, right? But um, little by little, we, we make our way there. And so there's these, you know, there's these lighthouses along the way. And I think permaculture has long been one of those beacons. And, um, and I think there are other beacons as well, as you were noting. I mean, there's there's folks who've just been doing beautiful, powerful work on their own or in small groups all over the world. And, you know, the agroecology movement is, you know, above and beyond anything that most sort of backyard permies in the United States could ever imagine, you know, the, the length and breadth and depth and sheer size of the agroecology movement in the world um, is stunning and amazing. And, you know, it's going to take us all working together to, to get there. So it's, it's exciting. Absolutely. I want to echo that we need to show the demand. So now that they've started the conversation, we need to show that we want the bar higher so that they're like, holy cow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Patagonia, Dr. Bronner's, these, these groups of people, they're not ignorant. They're perfectly aware and they're looking at the full market. They're looking at our, our neighbors. They're looking at you know our childhood neighborhood. They're looking at all these different areas that we don't even necessarily think about anymore. And they're saying, well, we have to get it so that it reaches everyone. And if we show that the demand can go higher, that people can have these conversations, that it that it, it is common sense, then we, yeah. we, can, we can really push this, I do believe. So I will share that link uh, in, in this podcast down below so that everyone can participate. Yeah, excellent. That's, a, that's great. And there's other groups working on certifications as well. Um, and Terragenesis is sort of um, slowly piecing together a coalition to create a peer-to-peer -peer certification process using blockchain technology, and we're wow. very excited about that. Um, it's a big project, and um, you know we're taking kind of the opposite approach of the you know 2017 has been the year of Bitcoin and you know ICOs and all sorts of madness. For those of you who've been paying attention to it, I certainly have, and uh, we're taking the opposite approach and. You know, starting slow and small, uh, a la permaculture inspiration, and um, and really feeling optimistic and excited about how big it can be if we start slow and small and keep it grounded and um, you know emphasizing peer peer to peer empowerment and like you said, really 
you know, let's um, let's build the market as we go. It's up to us, really, to demand um, products that are coming from vibrant, beautiful, rich soils and where people are help. The farmers are healthy and um, empowered and. You know, we just need to demand that and make it. Where, there, where, there, where that doesn't exist, we just need to all get together and make those businesses, you know. And um, to me, that's sort of the essence of, of regenerative enterprise is taking that sort of um, entrepreneurial spirit and, and um, potent um, drive and bringing it together in collaborative efforts to, you know, um, fill, fill the voids where, where we don't have beautiful food, we grow it. And where we don't have nutrient dense, um, supplements or, um, appropriate cosmetic choices or good homes or, you know, transportation, whatever it is, we, we should all be just getting together and asking how we can fix it, how we can design it, how we can make it all, um, jump up and live and thrive and grow. And I think the biggest challenge that we have to face is the crazy distraction of, you know, mainstream media and consumer culture. And the the biggest fear I have is that people will continue to sort of fall into the old environmentalist dichotomy of the 80s and 90s that people are bad and the economy is bad. You know, people and the economy... Um, can be good or they can be bad. And, you know, that's an individual choice and, and a collective choice together. So, you know, it's, I mean, this has sort of felt like a sort of strange, um, um, this whole podcast, I've sort of felt like, I don't know, it's like a motivational speaking or something, but, but that's what gets me up in the morning, you know? <laughs> what gets me up in the morning too, thinking about all this stuff, getting my hope up. Well, I mean, that's what the regenerative economy is. It's trading the syntropic health of the world so that it keeps growing and growing and growing. It is the embodiment of a greater tomorrow, and that is what hope is. Yeah, and, and really it's concrete, too. It's as concrete as, you know, the you know, shifting thousands of hectares into regenerative agroforestry in Costa Rica and Ecuador and creating supply chain partnerships with, you know, leading brands to source out of that and having them start to change their corporate structures and their product lines to represent their newfound passion for regeneration and, um, and then on every scale possible. So yeah, we're, um, Terragenesis, it's been such a joy to be, you know, co-creating Terragenesis International as a vehicle for doing all this work in the world. And I'm really grateful for all of the, you know, folks I tend to collaborate a lot. I mean, it's for me, it's all about finding great teams and working together. So I'm very much not the lone wolf archetype. You know, it's it's way more fun to do it in a group. Um and um, and I think necessary at this stage, too, because the complexity and scale of the problems um, can only really be faced with dynamic teams. So, um, yeah, it's it's an exciting opportunity. Um, thanks so much for the opportunity to come on the podcast. I look forward to hopefully getting to continue to have this conversation with you, Matt, and with all your listeners. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gregory, for making the time and uh, sharing your thoughts with us because you know this work that you're doing we, we all want to help <laughs> we all want to be part of it and we want to make sure that you're successful and this vision that you have uh, comes to fruition yeah thank you well you know i'm just shameless plug i mean it's a few years old but our it's a bit, could become a bit of a cult classic you can find regenerative enterprise um the version 1.0 it was published back in late 2012 um, at com. Okay. Um, there's there's uh, free downloads of the ebook, um, or you know it's donation. So if you'd like to, you know, just kick us a little bit of money, we certainly appreciate it. And if not, no worries. Like read it and and let us know your thoughts. And hopefully we're going to come out with version two before too much longer we're we're actively taking notes and have just been engaging up and down the regenerative economy conversation from investing to um 
to local co-ops to you know large supply chain initiatives and all sorts of things so our the length and breadth of our knowledge has just been increasing and we're really excited to to share what we've been finding out there sometime in the future and in the meantime if if folks want to just engage with that as a as a resource by all means you know go check it out download it um give us send us your thoughts um join the join the email list and you know if you're interested in reading any of the Terragenesis white papers and other resources that we've been open sourcing as we continue to do design work all around the world you can find that at terra-genesis.com perfect all right gregory we'll let you go and have a wonderful day You too. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Wow. Gregory Landois, his vision, the ideas that they're bringing to the people they're bringing it to, it's all really inspiring. And I hope that you feel that you can be part of this movement, that you can start your business in a regenerative way, that you can make a difference in your life, in your community, in the world with your example, because you can. You can reach more people now than you've ever been able to reach. You can reach and touch more lives than you've ever been able to any in any time period in all history. Now is the moment. If you feel called to it, if you feel like you want to be part of it, and that, that's probably why you're listening, because you feel like something has to be done. Well, if something has to be done, that's you. <laughs> and I hope you feel that way. So I have all these courses on my website and all these books on my website that are on sale right now because it is the holiday season, and I hope that you're feeling more gratitude. I hope that you're celebrating your family, the connections you have, the beliefs that you have, the values that you have right now. And take the time to be grateful. You know, Thanksgiving is a wonderful time to kick off the season of gratitude. And where, no matter where you are in the world, whether it's snowy, whether it's sunny, whether it's hot, you know, whether it's cold, dry, or wet, humid like you can't believe, I want you to feel that gratitude that you could. I want you to feel all the gratitude you can. And I want to think about, can I feel more gratitude? And seek it out so that you can turn your light brighter and brighter. So whatever your mission is, whatever goals you have, will be more likely to be accomplished. So whatever dream and vision that you have of regeneration, whether in a business or in a lawn or a landscape, it's going to happen. Because your enthusiasm is going to carry it forward. The people around you, and they're going to be changed by your enthusiasm, by your gratitude and grasp of what is really important in this life. So I thank you for listening. And I hope that you join us in one of my courses. I hope that you check out one of my books. If you go to my website right now on thepermaculturestudent.com, you'll see that I have the Permaculture Student 1 ebook that's free with a whole set of videos. And then I also have the Permaculture Student 2 for free as an ebook. So you can go there right now and check out them, download them for free, give yourself that gift, and watch some of those videos and get excited about what is possible, about the kind of abundant future that we all can have. I hope that you have an amazing holiday season. I have regular podcast coming out every Monday from now on. I have a nice little backlog of amazingness that I can't wait to share with you. In my own life, I've been working on the Regenerative Career Guide as part of my Kickstarter campaign and then the next two books I'm working on. And then I've been working on the Advanced Permaculture Student Online, which is going to start in April. And I've got to write two new books for it. And then I've also got to create a huge, huge course of videos that are going to take everyone through the Permaculture Student 2 
all the way through it, but then extend it further beyond everything that I've already done so that people can see where this stuff leads and then get invited into specialized niches from my big course. You're going to be able to see all the different spectrum of permaculture and regeneration such that you'll be able to know what you want to mix and, and match and build together and dabble in and explore further. You'll be able to see where your strengths are, what what really makes you excited. You're going to get to understand what makes money, you know, what's actually possible in your area when you check out the things that we're going to be learning from the experts in my course. It's now over 35 different instructors and organizations involved, and I expect it's going to go over 50 by the time April is here. I hope that you join us in that. It's going to be a life-changing course and a world-changing course as everyone in it is going to be connected and informed in a way that no one has had in a single course setting ever. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely incredible. So check that out. That's on my website, thepermaculturestudent.com as well. And you can join at an early bird price right now and get all the Kickstarter uh, bonuses that we had. So check that out. It's a, it's a limited time offer. We don't have endless, you know, prizes and goodies that we're going to be having for those Kickstarter backers. But for the time being, there is enough for people to join. So you can join that now if you want to give yourself an early Christmas present. <laughs> and speaking of Christmas presents, if you guys order now, I'm going to be I do media mail, so it should get there by the time, you know, Christmas is you know, right before Christmas if you order now. Uh, I also have seeds I can do. You can request, you know, fast shipping from me as well. Um, you just got to email me at matt at the permaculturestudent.com and I can totally overnight things. That's not a problem at all. I can create personal invoices of any kind. So don't worry about that. Uh, the world is your oyster when it comes to shipping. Um, so if you guys are interested in anything I have on my website, you just let me know and I'll help make it happen. I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. And happy holidays. Let's kick this season off with some gratitude, guys. Have a wonderful week.